Let's go. It's the Golden Guys, and today we're talking college football. This is episode two of four for the 2021 NCAA college football preview. If you missed episode one that covered the Pac-12 and the SEC, we recommend that you also go and listen to that. Today we're going to cover the non-Power 5 conferences, the independents, and Brad's favorite, the Big Ten. Uh, make sure you also follow us on at football.goldenguys on Twitter and Instagram and leave a review rating and subscribe to us on all your podcast listening apps. Uh, Brad, actually, uh, Apple now is, uh, it's not, it's not subscribe anymore. It's now follow. So, uh, so Apple just being a little extra over there. So follow us on Apple, uh, but subscribe to us everywhere else. Or it, I mean, I'm sure following subscribing, eh, same thing. Right? So either way, Brad, yeah. you're right. Yeah. Yeah. It's just that little plus sign, you know? So, uh, make sure you hit that plus sign before you do anything else, folks. All right, Brad, how are you feeling today? I'm feeling good. Uh, life's been busy, but uh, good to get on here and just talk about sports and uh, talk about college football, which is one of my favorite things besides NFL. So, Very nice, very nice. Yeah, I, I'm good today, uh, except for, look, I think the older I get, the more the allergies bother me, Brad. I uh, I used to never have allergy issues, hardly ever had a cold and now I feel like uh, I feel like every time the season really changes, I, uh, I I go through about a week of of a head cold of, uh, and honestly, sometimes Tylenol, ibuprofen works, but sometimes it doesn't. So, anyways, folks, I'm gonna try to make it through as good as I possibly can. And uh, we're out. we're gonna talk. Uh, we're gonna like I said, we're gonna talk about the Pac-12, the Independence, and the Big Ten. But first, Brad, the hot topic of this show is also about Julio Jones. He says he wants out of Atlanta. Uh, Shannon Sharp called him on uh, on what uh, was uh, undisputed, uh, and he called him. And apparently, Julio did not know that he was uh, being on the show when he said that he was out of there. But uh, he confirmed with himself that he's out of Atlanta. Uh, and an odd way to do it. I don't think he wanted that, and the Atlanta Falcons probably didn't want that either. But it is what it is. Uh, look, the rumors, they're swirling, and uh, he could be traded before uh, before we're actually back on here, uh, which would be which would be interesting. Um, Brad, where, where do you think you could see him going? And uh, also, where do you think his best fit is, in your opinion? Yeah, no, I, I think I think personally, um, I think his best fit is probably Green Bay. Um, and this is why I, I know people are like, well, he won't go to another NFC team. Uh, I think I think it's smart for Green Bay. It will help keep Aaron Rodgers there maybe a little longer before he starts whining again. Uh, but before that, um, you know, I, I mean, he's going to be able to share the field with Devontae Adams, with Tanyan. I think if I'm Adams and Tanyan, I'm like, hey, bring him here because I know he might steal some of our um, our um, our catches, our touches. But at the same time, he's going to significantly help our, our offense out. Um, and it gives it puts a lot, it takes a lot of pressure off of them to feel like they have to make every single play. Um, and so I, and it gives him a deep threat. He's a big man. He can do 50 50 balls. Um, so I, I think that he's a he's a good fit there. I don't like Green Bay necessarily personally, but I think he's a good fit there. Uh, but I think that realistically, we could probably see him going to either Baltimore because, uh, again, that's not the NFC. Baltimore needs a really good number one receiver holiday brown's not that receiver um and holiday brown's short so to give give uh lamar jackson and i and hear me out i'm a steelers fan so not that i i, I would like if he went there but uh to give and they got bateman but i think they're bringing a veteran experience player like julio jones 
who's tall and who can be a safety valve for Lamar Jackson until they can get Bateman really in that rotation there to take over for Julio. Uh, Julio, Sammy Watkins is nothing. Um, uh, but anyway, so I think Julio Jones is definitely uh, a take there. And then I also think if I am Buffalo, I mean, you're you're right there. I mean, you 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 have a good, you have several good pieces. Stephon Diggs, the first time they've had a thousand catch, a, a thousand reception receiver in Buffalo Bills history. But I really, really think that if you can put Julio Jones on the opposite side of Stephon Diggs, and then you got Cole Beasley there as your slot receiver, uh, that can make them a really dangerous team. And I think if I'm the Bills fan, I'm I'm really hoping he goes there to kind of hopefully get us over that hump. I know they need some running back help, but if they can get a big guy in there. I like Julio Jones, who could uh, maybe help alleviate Stephon Diggs having to do everything and giving Josh Allen another big receiver. Uh, if I'm Buffalo, I really would want uh, Julio Jones, my team to trade and try to get Julio Jones. I think that could be uh, one step forward. Uh, Garrett, they need a running back, but I think it's an it's a it's it, I mean it, it's a no brainer if you're a Buffalo Bills fan. I like it. I, I like it. Um, you know, going to the Ravens, the Bills, it's kind of a, maybe a little off the cuff. I know the Ravens uh, apparently have offered a, maybe a second and fourth is what I'm hearing. Uh, but I'm not, you know, I'm not sure. Um, there, there's a whole lot of rumors swirling. I mean, I saw a thing earlier where the Titans were the ones that offered a first round pick. Um, I would hope that's incentive based, but we'll see. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I think that there's a lot uh, of definitely a lot of rumors out there and we'll, we'll probably know by next week, but uh, we'll, we'll wait. And there's actually about four or five guys who could possibly get traded next week. Um, but, you know, if that happens, we may even have to have a big special episode if, uh, if a guy like Aaron Rodgers gets traded uh, along with Julio Jones and such like that. I mean, we may have to break in for a special episode or whatnot. But either way, we'll, we'll you know, we'll get there when we get there. Um, Brad, I, I would actually, I would love to see him come to my Titans, of course. Um, but I, I expect, uh, I expect the Patriots to be where he goes, which is really unfortunate. Uh, but they have the money. Um, it seems like a logical move by the Patriots and it feels their need. Um, it feels their need because they, they need a true number one wide receiver since, I mean, really all they have is just some guys, um, you know, Nelson Aguilar, um, what, uh, he came from the 49ers. I can't, uh, I know that they, wanting to kill Harry as well, uh, you know, just these are just some guys and they're not any, they're not great wide receivers or at least not number ones. They could be great wide receivers, just not number ones. Um, I, I think a great spot for him is my Titans uh, as, I mean, he would be a great compliment to AJ Brown and I, and, and even take the pressure off of Henry, which I mean, look, if you, <laughs> if, if a team can't load the box, uh, against Derrick Henry and then has to worry about both wide receivers on both on I, I mean Henry's gonna do even better um, I mean Henry does well even with a loaded box but he's gonna do even better without a loaded box so um, we'll, we'll just see how that goes but I also think he'd fit well with the LA Chargers Brad um, you know while Herbert's on a rookie deal spend some money and get him as much help as possible and look and, and let's face it Brad the LA Chargers, they need to put some butts in their seats because uh, – and I think Julio Jones is a step towards uh, step towards doing that because, look, the Chargers are a team that not a whole lot of people are talking about. But uh, but if Herbert can – if Herbert doesn't have a sophomore slump, that team, I, I think it's a playoff team. Now, we'll, we'll get into our previews later on. Um, but the Chargers are a very, are very real possibility to be a playoff team. And if they were to add a Julio Jones along with a Keenan Allen – uh, even a Mike Williams, um, 
who's still there, who's on his last year of his contract. I know he's not the greatest, but, I mean, still, he's still there. Um, yeah, I mean, look, I they don't have a whole lot outside of them, too. I mean, I know they got Guyton, and they got uh, – they had just drafted Josh Palmer in the third round, uh, GBO, uh, <laughs> for that. But either way, um, yeah, I, I just I, – I think the Chargers would be a really interesting spot for him to go, uh, and I think that, that would put some butts in the seats. Now, speaking of the Chargers, though, I don't know if that's a place Julio wants to go. Chris Sims reported earlier this week that apparently the Patriots and Titans were the two teams at the top of his list. Um, and so, um, you know, I think I – so I, I think I, I'm trying to go the safer route here, Brad, uh, than, uh, the safer approach than what you took. Uh, the 49ers are also a very big possibility, but I'm not sure if the Falcons are going to trade inside uh, conferences. But Julio Jones, I mean, uh, Kyle Shanahan knows how to use him. And that would give Trey Lance or Jimmy G, uh, both of them or one of them, whoever, uh, that would give them a huge target and definitely help them out a lot. But either way, uh, yeah, lots of fun things to talk about, lots of fun rumors going around about that. But either way, uh, we'll digress on that. We'll start talking college football. But, again, um, Brad, come next week, we could uh, – there could be a lot of change in the NFL. There really could. I mean, you got Aaron Rodgers who could be traded. Daniel Hunter could be traded. Julio Jones could be traded. Zach Ertz could be traded. Uh, I mean, I think there's a couple of others as well. Uh, Stephen Gilmore, Stephon Gilmore uh, from the Patriots. I mean, it's about that June 1st because the cap hits a little different for the team if, if they make it past that date. So either way, let's see. Let's see what happens, Brad. It would be it would be interesting. Uh, what if the Patriots, they trade Stephon Gilmore straight up for Julio Jones? Is that worth it, Brad? I mean, I, I think at this point, when you look, like I said, you look at your offense, I mean – they need it, and they've had a couple of good, like key defender, or sorry, yeah, key defenders out because of COVID. So I mean, they're going to get some guys back that they didn't have last year on defense. So I mean, honestly, I think it's a risky. Well, yeah. I think it's riskier trade for the Falcons because I just think of you just, you don't know how. Long, I mean, defensive backs come and go. They have one or two good years, and then they disappear again. Um, right. So. Well, the Falcons too. That they need to save cap space. So. Getting a player, they're not big on getting a player unless maybe they're on a rookie deal. Uh, <laughs> Rashawn Evans <laughs> for the Titans, for instance. But either way, um, yeah. All right, Brad, let's start talking about college football. And let's start with the non-Power 5 conferences as well as the independents, which include like Liberty and, you know, BYU and uh, that one that one college, uh, Notre Dame. There we go. Yeah, that, that one. Um, but either way, all right, Brad, here's the blitz package for the non-Power 5 and the independents. Um, you know, the non-Power 5, uh, it doesn't really have a whole lot of high chances of making the college football playoff, and they're honestly waiting until there's expansion to get their time to shine on the big stage. Now, the independents, well, Notre Dame is about the only one of the independents that really has a big shot at actually making the uh, – at actually making the uh, college football playoffs. But we'll, we'll talk about them in a little bit. Uh, but out of the non-Power 5 and the rest of the independents, uh, besides Notre Dame, uh, the best chance this year is Cincinnati, really just like last year, Brad, uh, in my opinion. Uh, Cincinnati, they're returning most of their team from last season, and they have huge opportunities against Indiana and Notre Dame on the road. Speaking of Notre Dame, if they can win those and stay undefeated, 
I think they'll have a very good case to at least be considered for the college football playoff, if not possibly make it. Might might need a couple of shenanigans to happen. Um, but we'll, we'll you know we we'll see what happens there. But either way, uh, Brad, does does any of the teams really stick out to you as having a chance at making the uh, CFP from the non-power five or uh, or the independents? Yeah, no, honestly, I mean, I don't know. I don't think it matters whether Cincy goes undefeated or. I mean, the only one that gets in is probably Notre Dame, only because of the tradition and the history that goes with Notre Dame. Uh, they do play some quality opponents, but again, tradition and history. So, um, you know, until the until the college football playoff expands, yeah, they're going to be sitting on the sidelines, even if they're undefeated, and they'll get into a Cotton Bowl or a Peach Bowl, but they're not be they're not going to enter into the playoffs until they expand. I agree. I agree. Uh, all right, Brad. Let's go with the let's sorry about that. I'm I'm like losing a train of my thought here. Um all right, the most improved team, Brad. Uh for me, I think it's Houston. Uh they have a very friendly schedule with their toughest matchup being at home against the Memphis Tigers and uh in the opener against Texas Tech. Uh, Texas Tech has not always been a powerhouse, but they are they are something. Uh, and then Dana Hogerson, look, he, uh, look, he's going to be expected to have uh, this Houston team finish well, or his job could be on the line, Brad. Um, um, I don't think Houston will go undefeated as they'll probably be losing to Cincinnati in the, uh, in the AAC championship game. So I'm giving my, uh, I'm giving my championship conference championship prediction for that conference a little early, Brad, who is your most improved team? And then also give us your most overrated team. Yeah, this was kind of hard because, again, you're dealing with different conferences, uh, independents who don't have a conference. Uh, I would say my most underrated team, you know, Houston's a good choice here, uh, but I would actually go with Buffalo. Um, you know, I know they had Jared Patterson. They had a little bit of limelight last year. Uh, you know, they get they, they play Coastal Carolina, I believe, at home. Uh, they are playing at Nebraska, so that could be a difficult game for them. Nebraska is not very good. Uh, in, in general, but they are a power five team nonetheless. And so uh, that could be their toughest loss. But I, I think they could be a dark horse to go 10 and 2, 11 and 1, even undefeated potentially. They can beat off Nebraska and they could be the surprise team like the Cotton Bowl or something like that. Uh, my most overrated team, man, there's there's so many teams I could probably put out there. Uh, you know, Cincinnati, I don't think is overrated. I think they're the real deal. They have, they're bringing back just about every single person on their team. Um, I don't know, because uh, I want to say Liberty's going to have another good season, so I don't want to say they're overrated. Um, in fact, I think they can be underrated, even though they had a good year last year. So that's why I wonder why I didn't put them there. Um, hmm, overrated. I'll yeah. say I'll say going into this season, I'll pick uh, I'll pick I'll pick Coastal Carolina. They lost a few pieces, you know. I, I in my mind, I think it's a fluke, um, and you know they have to go to Boone to play Appalachian State. Um, and so, yeah, so, and they also have to play Buffalo, which again is my, my underrated team going into the season. So I'll, I'll pick, I'll pick Coastal Carolina going into the season. I mean, Notre Dame's always overrated, so we don't have to say that. But as far as the uh, non independent, I would go with uh, Coastal Carolina probably. Okay. Uh, you know, teams like Coastal Carolina, Liberty, um, a lot of teams that kind of got some play last year, but uh, don't normally. So, uh, so that's a lot of fun um, that they, um, it's always a lot of fun to, to bring up those smaller teams because you just, you never talk about them because they're, I mean, they're not in big conferences, but they're not, uh, 
you know, they're not, I mean, they're, they're still important to a degree. They're usually the cupcake schools, right? They're, that's what they consider them, I guess. Uh, anyways, all right, Brad, my most overrated team or whoop, I'm getting ahead of myself there. My most overrated team, it's the Notre Dame fighting Irish. Look, I, I feel like we say this every year. Uh, so this might be kind of a cop out, but um, they have a schedule that could get them into the college world playoff. But I, I just don't expect them to do much if they do, in fact, get there, um, which is kind of per usual, really. Uh, USC, North Carolina, Cincinnati, I mean, they're really – they're great test at home for them. And I, I believe – and I actually believe they may not win all three. Uh, I think that they could win or uh, they could lose one of those, um, and that would eliminate them from, from college ball playoff contention for sure. But um, they also play Wisconsin in Chicago – uh, that could be that could be a loss waiting to happen as well, um, and you know I mean at least they don't play Clemson and uh, I, and that's of course going to help their chances at the college football playoff. But you no, know, Brad, I um I, I just don't see Notre Dame as a team to uh, as a I I see them being able to have a chance at the college football playoff, but. I don't know. I don't know if I'm not a big fan of them because maybe I feel like they should be in a division or a conference. I, I'm, but either way, um, yeah, I, I just I, – I think Notre Dame always comes in overrated, and I think that they might be overrated this year because they do have a chance to make the college football playoff, and uh, they're going to have a good chance at it. But I just don't expect them to do anything when they get there. So, it, it's like, well, you know, I, you know are you – how are you really supposed to feel about them? So, um, but either way, that's my most overrated team there. Uh, Brad, who, um, you know, I know that we have some other teams in the Power Five, non-Power Five, and the independents that we kind of, uh, you know, want to keep an eye out for. Um, you know, the MAC Conference, for instance, I mean, they're pretty even across the board, and it's kind of up in the air on who will win. Uh, I think, you know, the Nevada Wolfpack and their offense uh, – uh, Brady Hoke, San Diego State, Aztecs, and San Diego State helped make the Mountain West Divi- West Division, the Mountain West West Division. There we go. As strong as Boise State and Air Force in the Mountain West Mountain Division. Uh, that's a that's a mouthful right there, Brad. That really is. Anyways, um, Coastal Carolina and Appalachian State. I, I think that they should still be really good. I know you brought up Coastal Carolina earlier. Um, I think they should be really good in the Sun Belt along with the Raging Cajuns. Of Louisiana, I know you're a fan of them. I know you like them a lot. So either way, we talked about them a few times before. Uh, Willie Taggart and the Owls of Florida Atlantic uh, are, are looking to beat out the Thundering Herd of Marshall in Western UK to to beat and beat to meet and beat the UAB Blazers in the Conference USA title or for the Conference USA title. Um, anyways, I hope I didn't leave out too many. As the non-power five and independents deserve some respect to be put on their names, Brad. Who, who's some teams that you think are are teams to look out for? Uh, and then we'll go to the Big Ten. Yeah. So in the MAC, I have I actually have uh, Toledo, who didn't do well last year. I had them going against Buffalo in the MAC, and Buffalo went in the MAC there uh, for the Mountain West. Uh, I, you know, I, you know, Boise, Boise State, San Jose State. I think it's going to go back and forth probably between the two of those. Uh, I think the dark horse for me is Wyoming. Uh, that has, a, you know, you know, a lot of people are predicting to go seven and five. Uh, they don't have a super hard schedule and uh, they're bringing back a, a large group of their guys. So look out for Wyoming Cowboys. Uh, as far as the AAC, everybody has Cincy and that's great. But I think Houston could be a dark horse. 
And I really think UCF and Memphis could make a run for it. I don't think Memphis has it this year. I think they're not going to be at the top that they usually are. Uh, but I think UCF, uh, they have Boise at home. That's going to be a fun game uh, to watch the kickoff the season. And uh, I'm looking forward to that game, actually. And then the Sun Belt, you know, I have uh, Appalachian State and Louisiana uh, kind of going at, you know, it's Billy Napier. His name has been in the, the mill for uh, taking over for Saban when Saban retires over in Alabama. I mean, could be an opportunity there for him to really put a stamp on his name uh, in Louisiana and keep it going. And uh, Conference USA, I have Marshall going against UAB. I don't, UAB is a feel-good story. You know, they come back after not having a football program for two or three years, and they've been, they've been good. For Conference USA standards, they've been good. Um, but uh, I actually have Marshall, who was good last year um, and just faltered at the end of the season, got a new coach. I think they're going to come out and do well. Um, I think they got a guy from Ohio State who came in to coach for them, Charles uh, – what's his name? Anyway, I can't remember his, his last name. Anyway, I think Marshall's going to do well. Um, and then for independence, like I said, I, I kind of start up Liberty. I don't think BYU's going to be as good as last year. They don't have Zach Wilson. Their, their schedule is tougher. Um, Army could could be a decent could be a decent team this year, um, and they get to play uh, some pretty big names. And I'm slipping on their schedule. Sorry, uh, but anyway, uh, you know Army. I don't think the Army is going to make a run for their money, uh, but I think Liberty with Hugh Freeze there and the way they played last year, they return a lot of their guys. Uh, the uh, I think if I'm not mistaken, they're the Fighting Flames, but I could be wrong. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, anyway, um, I think Liberty's going to do well next year. Ole Miss is definitely winnable. I know it's Lane Kiffin. Uh, I know they, their offense is going to be good. Their defense is somewhat garbage. So that's why I think Liberty can be, can, is winnable there. And then if they beat Syracuse this year, look, a, the ACC should just say, look, you know, we're not going to give, we're not going to Syracuse because they're a basketball program and a lacrosse program. And that's what keeps us afloat with Syracuse and, and those type of sports. But if we had a choice, we'd probably might let go you know, Wake Forest or something like that, and we'll bring you in. You know, we just need a better football team, and the ACC is going to – I mean, not that they would give Clemson a run for their money, but, I mean, if they can go 12-0 and and beat teams like Ole Miss and Syracuse, which they, who they beat last year, um, why not all give them an offer to join the ACC? So. I agree. I uh, – I, I, yeah, no, you're you're right. Um, all right, Brad, so – Sorry, folks, but that that we're we're going to move past the independence and the non-power five, and we're going to go into the Big Ten. Brad, I know that this is your uh, this is your conference. This is your Penn State Nittany Lions are in this conference. They uh, we'll see we'll see how high you have them. Uh, if you have a if you have high hopes for them this year or not, uh, they they're not a bad team. I mean, they I think they got a pretty good shot at. Um, at maybe a couple of things here and there, but uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Either way, uh, here's the blitz package for the Big Ten. Look, Ohio State, they're the standard in the Big Ten. Uh, to be the man, you have to beat the man. Uh, Penn State, sometimes they have the team to win. Sometimes they have the team to beat the man, right? Michigan fans, they think their team has what it takes to win, but are usually wrong. <laughs> uh, Wisconsin, they have a good spring. Nebraska, they're always rebuilding. Uh, and there's always that one outlier team that does a lot better than people expected, such as Indiana last year, Minnesota the year before, Maryland done well, uh, what, last year or the year before? No, Rutgers. Rutgers done okay last year, I believe, right? So um, there's always an outlier team or two uh, that does a lot better than what they expected to be done. Uh, but that's probably in every conference, honestly. 
The Big Ten, they'll get at least one team in the college football playoff unless Ohio State loses more than one game, in my opinion. Uh, Brad, what's your thoughts on the Big Ten as a whole? Yeah, I think, you know, I think Big Ten's still up there as one of the better conferences, if not the best under the SEC. But again, uh, you know, I think this year we could see a lot more uh, mediocre teams, you know, that, yeah, they probably got a little bit more rest, uh, not playing as much last season. Uh, but the schedules have kind of worked out kind of weird to where some of the bigger names aren't playing each other uh, this year. I, I said bigger names. I mean, you're going to have your typical Ohio State, Penn State, Ohio State, Michigan, Michigan, Penn State, all that stuff. But your smaller teams that, you know, they don't have to worry about Ohio State this year. They don't have to play, worry about Michigan or Penn State this year. Um, and so we, we could see what seems like to be a better conference overall. But I think we're going to be surprised when middle of the season – uh, the only there's only going to be like two good teams at the top of the Big Ten. The rest are going to be all kind of gargled in there, and and uh, it's hard to tell who's better than the other. So, um, and I don't know if that's because of recruiting and Penn, you know Ohio State getting all the good recruits. I mean, I don't I don't know what the 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 reasoning of that is, but I just have a feeling that uh, middle of the season we're going to sit there and say what is wrong with the Big Ten this year. And uh, I don't know. Again, I don't know if it's a lack of recruiting or it was the uh, uh, you know a, a COVID hangover. Uh, I'm not really sure, but I'm interested to see the Big Ten and see how they play out the rest of the season. I, I agree. And COVID's kind of a big topic, honestly, for all of these previews because, I mean, the Big Ten, we didn't think that they were going to have, have a year. Uh, Pac-12 as well. Um, well, all of them. Actually, I mean, every, every team, really. Uh, and so – uh, now they're all getting back to normal. Uh, Going to have fans back in the stands, so that'll be that'll be nice. Um, and uh, we know that there's a lot of teams in the Big Ten who will have who will have probably packed stadiums, uh, and not because of the game, but because well, not just because of the game that their team is facing, but because they have a lot of little fans. But either way, yeah, COVID, uh, COVID is definitely. Uh, seeing how we bounce back from that is going to be fun for this year. All right, Brad. Uh, most improved team for me, I got the Michigan State Spartans, Brad. Uh, look, Mel Tucker and the Spartans, they have a really good chance at being uh, very improved, in my opinion. Uh, their schedule's pretty soft until the end uh, with Penn State and Ohio State, but I, I believe they can make a bowl game and uh, and probably even get to seven or eight wins. Uh, that's improving. That's moving in the right direction. But I, honestly, I won't be surprised if they, uh, if they were to get surprise wins over Michigan or even out of Indiana. Um, I also won't be surprised if they if they don't make a bowl game with losses to Maryland and or Purdue and or Nebraska. So, uh, see, it, they have a lot of games. Brad Michigan State does, in my opinion, that you know if they're on a if they're on a balance beam, it honestly could tilt either way. You know, I think that they could they could win it or they could lose it. And so, I, I do expect them to make a bowl game. I mean, technically, that's improvement from last year. Now, the year before when it wasn't COVID. Uh, it wouldn't technically be improvement, but uh, but either way, I, I like this Michigan State team, and uh, I, I obviously I don't have them winning the winning the Big Ten or anything like that. But I, I think that they're going to be one of the more improved teams uh, going into the uh, twenty twenty one season, Brad. So who do you have as your most improved team, and then also give me your most overrated team? My most improved team is definitely Wisconsin. You're like well, Wisconsin. Well, in 2018, they went uh, eight and five, I believe. Yeah, eight and five. 2019, 2019 went 10 and four. Last year, went four and three. And uh, you look, I mean, you look at their schedule. They have Penn State at home to open the season. 
they have Notre Dame in Chicago, which is a good neutral site. I'm actually excited to see what that looks like on TV. Uh, they have Michigan at home. They don't play Iowa State. Uh, they don't play – or, sorry, Ohio State. They don't play Iowa. Uh, you know, they have Army at home, which could be a sleeper game. Oh, they play – they do play Iowa. They play Iowa at home. Uh, they play Northwestern at home. And so, honestly, I'm looking at the schedule, and I'm thinking, man, like, unless they just do what they usually do every year and they just mess up somewhere at Illinois or maybe at Purdue or something like that, uh, I mean, that 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 is a Wisconsin-Paul Chris kind of way, but they don't do that. I think they could very well go into the Big Ten Championship 10-1 or, sorry, 11-1, 10-2. Um, and so, yeah, so I, I think a lot of their bigger games are at home, which they'll like. Uh, they're very strong in home games at Camp Ramble, uh, Randall. Uh, they like to jump around. That's one of my favorite things in college football is, is watching Camp Randall and the Wisconsin uh, fans jump around to that song. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we've seen Ohio State go in there before, highly talented, and struggle to get a victory there. Um, it's not it's not a hard play, or it's not an easy place to play. And so, like I said, with Penn State at home, Michigan at home, uh, they have Iowa at home, Northwestern at home, uh, and then you got Notre Dame and Chicago. I think I think very easily could go 11 and 1, 10 and 2. Uh, so they're probably the most underrated team. And again, just because I say underrated doesn't mean like they sucked last year and they're going to do great this year. I mean, four and three is not the greatest, and they haven't had a, a traditional Wisconsin like eleven and one, ten and two season in about four or five years. So I think they're due up for one anyway. Um, but I would say my most overrated team, man. Uh, I put a few on here. Uh, you know, Iowa. I was one of those where people were kind of riding a horse on them a little bit. Um, I was not a bad team, but then if you look at their schedule, which I had up here just a minute ago, so you have Iowa's schedule. I mean, they play Indiana home. That's great. But they also play Iowa state on the road, second game of the season. Iowa state is not just a cupcake team anymore. Um, you know, then they play Penn state at home, which is doable, but then they play at Kent Randall. Uh, so, so that, and they play at Northwestern. And so there's just something about going to Northwestern playing. It's just weird teams mess up there to have bad games. Um, so, I mean, very well, that could be a nine and three season, but I think they could very well go seven and five and, uh, they're just not the same Hawkeyes that we're used to seeing. Uh, when I say that, I, I mean, I don't know. I also feel when I say that statement that you don't know which Iowa Hawkeyes, uh, team you're going to get either. I mean, they have an awesome tradition of the, the hospital and they wave and that's really cool, but, uh, I definitely think that could be overrated. And then my other team, you know, Indiana came off a, a good season last year. Uh, I think people are going to expect them to do good things this year. I, I I think they'll be the same Indiana that we've seen in years past where they go seven and six. Uh, they might go six and six to finish the regular season. And so, yeah, so my most overrated teams are probably in Iowa and Indiana, which most un underrated are Wisconsin. I, I would even throw Northwestern in there. Northwestern, uh, you know, they had, they had to go on the road to Michigan, but outside of that, I mean, you look at their schedule and um, they have Michigan state at home. Okay. Indiana state. Okay. They're at Duke. Yeah, whatever. They have Ohio at home. They're at Nebraska. Okay. Uh, they have Rutgers at home. That should be easy. They're at Michigan. Okay, at Michigan, probably at Michigan and at Wisconsin are probably their two hardest games all year. Uh, and they have a really cool game against Purdue at Wrigley Field, which I think will be fun to watch on November 20th. Um, so, yeah, I think Northwestern could easily be another – I mean, last year they were 7-2. I don't I, I don't see why they can't be 10-2 this year. And so uh, I think I think Northwestern and Wisconsin are going to come down to the, the end of the season to figure out who's going to come out of the uh, the West Division there. Uh, but they're, they're probably my most underrated teams going into this year. Interesting, Brad. Um, we're we're a little different on the underrated teams, but the overrated teams were kind of right on that, Brad. Uh, or at least one of one of, or at least one of your underrated overrated teams is also mine, and that's the Indiana Hoosiers. 
Um, you know, you probably thought I'd say Michigan Wolverines or the Nebraska Corn Huskers, but uh, Corn Huskers. Anyway, that's what I was about to say. But uh, but honestly, that's way too easy. Uh, the the Hoosiers they're known for basketball, but they have really come around on the football field too, Brad. Uh, I mean, I'm not sure if I could confidently say that they'll beat Michigan or Penn State again. They may even get upset against Michigan State and Cincinnati. Um, a road game in Maryland or even in Iowa isn't going to be fun for them either, Brad. I, I, I just I th- there's something about Indiana. I mean, look, they were good last year, and I do hope that they're good this year. Uh, but I think that they're really overrated. I, I mean, um, you know, I hope they prove me wrong. But I, I look at a team like Minnesota, who was really good, what two years ago, right, 2019. But last year they were. What mediocre, right? Now, granted, it was COVID and everything. And I think Minnesota could possibly be a team that might be a little underrated. Um, but I, I don't expect Minnesota to, you know, uh, to win the big, the big, uh, the Big Ten West. Um, but I, I do expect, um, I, I do expect to, I do expect to, to see, I, I don't expect uh, the Indiana Hoosers to, uh, to give Ohio State or Penn State, or even Michigan, uh, a run for their money in the uh, in the East. All right, Brad, time to predict the conference championship and the conference champion for the Big Ten. Conference championship for me, coming out of the East, I have Ohio State. Uh, you know, sure, they lost Justin Fields, they lost Trey Sermon and others, but uh, look, they retool and they reload pretty easily, and if not better. Um, you know, I know we talked about Alabama doing the same thing. I mean, you know, you got teams like Alabama and Ohio State, and now Clemson, who kind of do that. I mean, they just they're they're in a cycle now, and that's just how it goes. And it sucks for the rest of the college football world, but uh, but I mean, it's great for the fans of those teams, that's for sure. Um, <clears throat> they're the overwhelmingly favorite, uh, and there are their hardest game or their hardest games are either at home against Oregon and Penn State or even on the road for the last game of the year against Michigan. Uh, could there be a bump in the road somewhere, though, is maybe the question. Um, sure, I, I, I think that there could be a bump in the road, but um, I, I actually expect the Big Ten representative to come out uh, of the winner of the Ohio State and Michigan game, and, uh, and while I'm picking Ohio State, uh, to beat Michigan in that game. Uh, so I'm giving big props to Michigan as well over here. But anyways, I, I predict Ohio State to come out of the East. Coming out of the West, I think Iowa could win it. I think Wisconsin could win it. I think Northwestern could repeat. Um, I'm going to hook my horse to Wisconsin as they play their hardest competition in Penn State, Iowa, Michigan, and Northwestern all at home, Brad. And, I, I, I mean, a home field advantage is a big deal in college football. So um, I, I really like – I think that the cards have fallen in way of Wisconsin. And honestly, Brad, um, I, I mean, Wisconsin, they play Ohio State in the – they play Ohio State in the, in, the, uh, in the Big Ten championship game. And let's say they're both undefeated, which is very possible, um, in my opinion. Uh, I think that the loser of that game could possibly have a shot at the number four spot um, or number three, uh, even number two, depending on how it works out, right? But uh, but either way, um, yeah, I'm going to go ahead. My conference champion is Ohio State. I think that they will beat Wisconsin in the, in the Big Ten championship game. And, uh, yeah, I think, uh, again, I, I think Wisconsin. Uh, I think they might have an outside shot at the college football playoff. But 
they're going to have to go undefeated. Uh, I, I think Georgia might be like that in the SEC with the Alabama. But, hey, if you want to listen to those details, you got to go back and listen to last week's episode. But either way, Brad, who is in your conference championship game? And then also, since I already gave away my conference champion, you go ahead and uh, give yours as well. Yeah, so, I mean, I, I think – I mean, I'm kind of right up on there. Like, I think in the same way, I think Ohio State and Wisconsin could finish this, the season's – uh, undefeated and, and league play and both enter the Big Ten Championship undefeated. Now, in saying that, I mean, again, Ohio State has to play Oregon, uh, which granted it is in Columbus, but uh, Wisconsin, just because, uh, I mean, it's almost like every year with them where it's like, hey, we're going to have a good year. They're going to win the West. And then they falter like three games into the season after finishing, starting off the season with the best defense in the country, 3 0, and then they just falter. So, um, they're going to have picks though. I'm going to go with them. I'm not super confident with Wisconsin. I think, I think Northwestern could sneak in there as well. And we can have another rematch of the last year's big 10 championship between Ohio state and Northwestern, uh, but I'll go Ohio state versus Clint, Wisconsin. And unfortunately I'm going to have Ohio state, uh, winning the, the big 10 championship. And I think they'll go into the playoffs. Uh, you know, I'd like to say that if, if two teams go into the big 10 championship undefeated and one team loses, they can make a third or fourth seed. But with the SEC and just the prowess that the SEC has, the media hype they have, uh, it's hard to see them uh, putting in a one-loss SEC or two-loss SEC team that's lost in the SEC championship as the four seed over a one-loss Big Ten team. Um, I think with both their schedules, you, I, it's hard to look at both Ohio State and Wisconsin and think that they shouldn't be in it, even if they have one loss in the Big Ten championship to a potentially high like, top four team uh, at the time of the Big Ten championship. So. Uh, but like I said, the way SEC rolls, uh, it's hard to see two Big Ten champ, champ, two Big Ten teams in it. But it's happened before Michigan State and Iowa, so uh, it's it's not impossible. Uh, but yeah, again, I I like to say that and say that they're going undefeated. But I, I have a feeling that Wisconsin will have a few hiccups along the way, maybe, and then kind of maybe stumble into the the on the west side for the Big Ten championship, just slightly ahead of Northwestern. So. There you have it, folks. All right, Brad. Uh, lots of fun. It's always a lot of fun to preview these episodes. Anyways, folks, we have two more episodes of this. This was episode two of four. Um, and so, again, the SEC and Pac-12 were first. This was the non-Power 5 conference, the Independence and Big Ten. Uh, and then next week's episode will be the Big 12 and the ACC. So, you know, you got Oklahoma, Texas, Oklahoma State, Clemson, Florida State, um, North Carolina, uh, you, 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 Miami, um, Miami, maybe a interesting team to talk about for sure. But either way, um, yes. So that'll be next week. Uh, and we cannot wait for that. Uh, like I said, if anything huge happens in the NFL, um, like for instance, uh, Aaron Rodgers trade, um, then what, you know, Aaron Rodgers and Julio Jones trade, uh, you know, if it's big stuff like that, we, we may try to break in with a special episode or something like that. Um, but either way, um, yeah, I mean, I, we'll see what happens. Either way, folks, as always, uh, it's, been, it's been fun. And, uh, and, look, thank you for all for listening. Until next time, stay golden.